Greetings, humans. Welcome to the Blizzard Watch podcast, where we're also humans. So it's weird that I called you humans, now that I think about it. Okay, whatever. Uh, I'm Matt. This is Joe. We do a podcast. This is that podcast. How are y'all doing? Joe, how are you doing? I am I am doing okay. Joe got I, his uh, vaccine day. Yeah, so today or yesterday? Yesterday, but I'm feeling, it, I'm feeling it a lot more today than I was yesterday. When's your next shot? Uh, the 12th, so three weeks... Uh, afterwards, I get my next one, and if my if I might ha- if I had to hazard a guess, gonna go ahead and call it now, folks. That week probably not gonna be around for the Tuesday show. <laughs> my body is seems to be reacting very like it's a good thing. Like I'm not complaining, but it's just fascinating how quickly my body's reacting to it. Like, oh, this is a thing that shouldn't be there. It was actually f- kind of funny. We were raiding last night. Uh, and I was fine and I was perfectly fine, perfectly fine, perfectly fine, perfectly fine. And then in, right at 1130, it hit and it felt like there was a very large man with a very large drill trying to come out of my skull, uh, got the full body aches, migraine, and I just immediately suddenly felt like super dehydrated. And then it just continued on today after I woke up. So I'm probably not going to be in great shape after the second one, but it's a good thing because it means my body is reacting to it and learning how to fight. This is a good thing. <laughs> yeah, that's that's going on. I haven't got mine yet, unfortunately. But I do try to avoid people, so hopefully I'll be all right. Uh, we were gonna. I was going to do another one of those episodes where we jump straight to emails because, as I said in the email to Joe, honestly, everything's been kind of quiet lately. And then Blizzard Do the curse. The Burning, yeah, the Burning Crusade beta... We're going to say Classic Beta dropped today. Um, people are in there right now, burning, crusading it up. And uh, obviously we're not because we're filming a podcast. Moreover, I didn't get, in, I didn't get into the beta. Uh, I just so, think it's funny because like, we, we make this joke where like the minute we say that there is nothing going on, somebody at Blizzard has our house bugged. Immediately, something is going on. So... <laughs> Or, you know, for that matter, it's it, the one that really gets me is we'll do a podcast on Tuesday and Wednesday they drop something huge. Uh, it's like, what? You couldn't have dropped that yesterday. Uh, but but at any rate, yeah, that happened. Um, I, we're going to talk about it a bit. I don't know that there's much to say about it other than the fact of its existence. I mean, if you haven't played the Burning Crusade, well, it's, it's that. I- uh, but it's actually, there is one thing to say I'm thinking of. If you look at the screen as we're streaming this, if you're watching us streaming it and not just listening to the recording, I have my character in Shatrath looking at Khadgar. And Khadgar is the model from, I guess, Warlords on. It's that Khadgar, um, which is obviously not the Khadgar we had in BC. When you go to the to Shatrath in the Burning Crusade beta, you're going to get to see the, the original Khadgar model with the long beard and everything. Oh, yeah, the, the old, man, uh, old man Khadgar before he became Dadgar. So, I mean, I'm, I'm, I almost, I'm almost looking forward to seeing everything be the way it was. Um, not that it's changed much, but also you're not going to be playing a no monk because monks are like three expansions down the road. Uh, wait a minute, Warlords, Cataclysm. No, it's, it's Wrath, Cataclysm, then Miss, right? Yep. Yeah, three expansions down the road. Um, but you know, it's just. I don't know. I don't. I don't have a lot to say about the Burning Crusade Classic, other than it's kind of cool that you'll get to see original flavor Burning Crusade. It's not. It's clearly not as many changes as the old world had. Old world Azeroth got significantly changed by Cataclysm, total revamp. Stuff that's happened in Burning Crusade has just been small stuff. It's been 
little incremental changes. So it's not going to be as big a deal. But like I said, you're going to get to see a different Cadgar. I'm actually um, really excited for uh, Burning Crusade Classic for people to get to experience that because it was a different, it was just a completely different thing. And, and like, it's one of those things where I, we often talk about, A, if you could experience this, it would be great. That's it. That's one of those things. It was that moment where you could play a Blood Elf for the first time, that moment where you could play a Draenei for the first time, the stories for their starting zones, which were completely new and, and, and different. Uh, the whole story of uh, Outland in in general, like like going there and experiencing all those zones, seeing the broken world, uh, finding the different portals, doing the different stories. Like it was a really fascinating time to be a player in the game world. And I like that players are getting to experience that at least a little bit. It's not going to be exactly the same. And we know that. We know that it's never going to be exactly the same. The same as uh, classic is not vanilla. Uh, it's the same thing here, right? Burning Crusade Classic is not going to be Burning Crusade, you know, the first one. Um, but there are things to be excited about. Yeah, and as PDF points out in chat, Horde Paladins and Alliance Shaman, that was a big deal. Like, Burning Crusade was an exciting time for, for World of Warcraft. It was the first expansion, uh, new areas to explore, places that we had only heard about briefly, um, places that we hadn't really seen in any of the uh, RTS games, because don't forget, like, Azeroth as a whole, yeah, we've seen a bunch of those places or heard about a bunch of those places or interact with them in some capacity. Not all of them, but some of them in the RTS, so it wasn't, like, completely out of left field. But Outland was just something different. It was good. It was exciting. So I'm really, really happy that players are going to get to experience it at least at some degree. Also, you're going to get to experience the last time blacksmithing was any good. Yeah. when uh, Well, actually, the last time blacksmithing was king because the weapons that were produced back then were just so good. Yeah, I mean, I was I was running around using a Lionheart. I was a tank, so I, I, I made the sword that the uh, swordsmiths could make as the one-hander as my tanking weapon. And used it for quite some time um, because you keep upgrading it. Uh, but I made a, blind, a, blind, a Lionheart blade and then I kept upgrading that as my DPS weapon right up to the end of the expansion it was it was on par with the stuff that was dropping in um the black temple it mm -hmm. was it was a bit below it you know the the item level was a little lower the the they didn't have they didn't really talk about item level back then uh the dps on it was a little lower but it was it was on par you go you could keep working on that problem was that to upgrade it you had to be raiding pretty constantly because you had to get your hands on all the, the stuff that dropped in raids to upgrade your weapon yeah so that was you, if you had made that thing and you were never going to raid, you were never going to upgrade it. That's just the way it was. I just remember that that mace, the two-handed mace mm -hmm. that got you in so much PvP because it had a stun proc. Yeah. Oh, that is so annoying. That was the, oh. uh, the next new hotness after uh, Hand of Rag was no longer... Uh... No, no, no. They had a new hotness or two since then, but Stun Herald changed the way classes specced. Yep. Um, it, paladins and warriors were just absolutely in love with it. Shaman liked it too, although by then the, the dual wield thing had come in, so shaman were encouraged away from using two handed maces. Uh, which that was a really strange thing about. I, I honestly remember my first time really playing a shaman was in BC. I didn't actually play a shaman in vanilla at all because I, I played only a little bit over on the Horde side uh, near the end of, of, of vanilla. I had two horde characters. One of them was a shaman I barely ever played. 
an orc shaman, and the other was my Torn Warrior, who was my main for a little while. And when BC came out, I played the shaman up to up to 70. I, I got him leveled, and I was healing on him. So I didn't do much of anything with uh, DPS on him. He was almost exclusively a healer. I didn't have an enhancement shaman until my wife was like, oh, yeah, I need you to get a shaman to level 70. And I was like, what? Why? And she's like, well, I need you to be able to cast terrorism on me while we, we hang out in the swamp so I can increase the speed of my tame my tame beast and tame this grim, grim totem spirit animal before it spawns. Uh, so I literally spent like th three days getting myself to level 70 on a character I just rolled. Uh, there was not a lot of sleep. Um, that's how I learned how to play enhancement. And I was, I was not good. I was not good at enhancement. Uh, I had no idea what was going on, but I, I just remember thinking this class has a lot of stuff it can do. And I have no idea when to do any of it. Like when are these totems useful? Uh, and they've, they've never really recaptured that feeling of totems. Since. No, they haven't. It's something I that I, it's something that I, I bring up a lot. If you played the game in, in vanilla or BC, Totems were important. Totems were a major part of gameplay. They made your class like there was a lot less like we we've seen a lot more homogenization in WoW over the years to try and balance classes out, to try and make it so that no one class really dominated. And it's failed in terms of that because every every expansion, some class is ridiculously powerful for some reason. Uh, I'm looking right at you, Demon Hunter tanks. Uh, that bug that made you practically ignore spell damage right there. That one, but there was a lot more variety in how classes played. Uh, and I think only druids have really retained it. Uh, I think like a lot of classes have lost it. Shaman really lost totems as, as a mechanic, the way totems worked in, in the early game. I would say even in wrath, they started to lose it. Uh, yeah. So they've never really actually recaptured the feeling of totems in the game. And it's very, very frustrating to say the very least. Um, but that's also sort of to be expected. One of the things that Shaman, at least during like the, the Burning Crusade days, was that totems were a passive, right? They were almost entirely designed to be constant sources of something in the background, whether it was clearing poison and disease, uh, whether it was healing or, or giving that buff to melee. They were all constant things that you drop down in a certain strategic place to give an aura effect around you. And then that was it around uh, the middle of wrath. I really would say it started to change where they started trying to make totems a more active thing. And that's sort of where the design philosophy has come. But the problem with that is that it never really captured the same feeling as Vanilla WoW or the Burning Crusade, where totems were a central part of the class as just a constant part of the class. Now they're cooldowns. They're not just a thing that exists. And the Burning Crusade was like the pinnacle of that between all the different totems, all the different interactions you had. Uh, like even now, like going back and doing Burning Crusade content uh, as a current shaman, it feels weird because there are certain things you can't do. You can't clear poisons anymore as a shaman. So you just can't clear half the debuffs that existed in burning crusade because literally half of them were poison uh, because the toolkit is just so wildly different. It's so seeing going, being able to go back and see it is, is it's like that time capsule that we keep talking about. It's cool to me. At least it's cool from a shaman perspective at the very least. Okay. Uh, but that's okay. That's pretty much what we're going to talk about for that. 
I don't think was. I mean, other than me saying, you know, it's still not even good because it doesn't have Titan's Grip. I don't see how there's anything else to really talk about. Titan's Grip changed the Warrior class for me in a way that made it before Titan's Grip to after Titan's Grip. It's such a sea change that it's impossible for me to really explain to you um, how it changed it. To the point where, you know, people at this day, you know, balance for DPS Warriors has always been about trying to balance the original playstyle of Single-Minded Fury, which wasn't called that. It was just the way Fury Warriors worked to the new playstyle Titan's Grip. And I think it's failed because Titan's Grip should have been basically made a warrior-wide ability. And Prot Warriors should have been tanking with two-handers. And Arms arms and Fury should both have been dual-wielding two-handers. And that's just the way that the clash should work. Mm-hmm. Um, but that wasn't done, and so it's always been this back and forth. Regardless, we don't have time for that, because literally the show can't be Matt rants about Warriors for an hour, and so... I mean, we could. Want, <laughs> no. If you, if you want that show, by all means, feel free to hit us up on Patreon, uh, but I think we're going to move on and talk about them, their emails we got, because we got a few, and there's some stuff to talk about there. And, and maybe maybe we'll also get to um, some of your questions in the chat. We, we, we try to, sometimes we, we succeed, sometimes we fail. But uh, if you've got a question for the podcast, uh, you can send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com, the subject line uh, podcast or blizzard watch. So we know it's for the show. Uh, or you can just say it's for either podcast. And then, you know, it, it falls down to a series of Rube Bulbarian traps where I'm constantly trying to push Joe into a pool of like sleeping, sleeping ass or, what have you, so that he doesn't notice I'm stealing all the questions. Uh, I didn't. I actually managed to not steal any questions this week. I was very proud of myself. We were very um, good this week. But if you've got also, if you've got a question, but you don't want to email it for whatever reason, you don't like email, uh, you've never learned how, you've just secretly always believed people you email are going to come to your house at night. Well, I'm, we're not going to. I'm lazy, and I don't want to come to your house. I'm, I'm, I'm not leaving my house. Hey, my in house three, in three weeks, I might be willing to. Who knows? But regardless, you can use our Discord server as well. We've got a, a Q, uh, Patreon Q and podcast questions channel, and I never get that name right. I don't know what the problem is, but uh, you can hit that up if you're a patron. Uh, we, we love getting questions from our patrons, and more importantly, you all keep the site going, so we like to give you first crack at asking us questions. Uh, or you can go to our Q questions channel, which I actually took two questions from this week because, you know, hey, why not? Uh, so, yeah. Uh, Joe reads them for us, so if you don't mind, Joe. Not in the slightest. Uh, so the first one, hello, watchers. Lord Soth here. Uh, with all the focus I've had on Diablo lately, I got an itch to explore Diablo 2 again. And I was wondering, do you know if there are going to be any quality of life upgrades to the resurrected version? There's a few things I can think of in terms of UI shortcut features, like right-clicking to equip cell things. It'd be nice if the stash could be account-wide this time instead of character-dependent. We've seen Blizzard's growth and understanding about this concept with WoW Classic, and I'm wondering how strict you think they might be to preserving it it detail for detail thanks for all you guys do uh, didn't they, they did, talk they about did that a speci- bit? they specifically said that the stash is coming to diablo 2 because ultimately what happens in diablo 2 is people were just making bank characters and rather than forcing people to make bank characters they're just going to make the stash be ca- you know count wide and just be done with it um, so they they specifically mentioned that they talked about in most cases they're not going to change the game like their their philosophy is only change it if there's a specific reason to do so and try and preserve as much as possible because this game is built on the back end of Diablo two mm-hmm. they're they're not they're actually using the Diablo two code for this and then they're adding graphic stuff on top of it 
So when you play Diablo 2 Resurrected, you are playing Diablo 2. The code is the same in most cases. Um, the changes that they're making, like the stash change, they're going to be few and far between, and they're going to be aimed at quality of life. Um, they, they've made some, a few changes just based on the fact that this is going to be the first Diablo 2 port that's ever been made, ever. Diablo 2 only existed previously as a PC version. That there was no console version of Diablo 2. There was only the PC, and technically the Mac version was the PC version. Same game. Uh, remember, you could you, you could install it on either from the same discs. Uh, this version will be PC and console, and because it's going to be console edition as well, it needs to have controller support. You know what's interesting about that was wasn't the original Diablo on like PlayStation? Yes, it was. That's where I played it. I totally forgot that Diablo 2 was not on a console. Never made it to a console. Nope. It was only on PC and Mac. And technically, Mac is a PC. So, yeah. Uh, but because they're doing that, because they are porting it to consoles, there are small changes being made to make the consoles like work. Like There are certain spells that are targeted in Diablo, like uh, the, the Barbarian's Leap, uh, the Sorceress's Teleport or, or something, where you, you move a random... You, you move a, a distance in a random direction based on the direction you were moving. With the controller that that's they don't target an area on the ground they just move you in certain places so it does change certain things to make controller support viable uh, but in general if you play diablo 2 right now you will be getting the same gameplay experience that you'll be getting in diablo 2 resurrected they're not changing the balance on mobs they're not making certain boss fights harder or easier any changes they make are just going to be changes like well you know they, we want people to be able to see the screen more so we've, you know, we've changed the fidelity of the graphics or what have you. Mm -hmm, it's mm -hmm. mostly graphical updates and a little things like the aforementioned stash that you meant that you already asked about. They are otherwise it's the same game. Yeah, and honestly, I'm kind of okay with the the idea of like that being the case because I think that's what we everybody wanted with Warcraft Three, right? Like they wanted some quality of life stuff and mostly the game to still be Warcraft three. Um, I think with Warcraft three, the problem was that they, when they were talking about it, stuff got said like, Oh, maybe we'll do this. Yeah. The, the devs were definitely just thinking maybe they could do it. Not, and, you know, as we're opposed definitely going to do it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think Unfortunately, here, mm -hmm, yeah. I, I was going to say, I think here the expectation is being set properly where it's like, no, it's going to be Diablo two with a prettier inner, like it's going to look prettier uh, and have some quality of life stuff like the stash. And I think that's, I think that's fine. I think that's perfectly a okay. Uh, I, I, think, I don't think there's really anything else to add to that one. Unless you can think of anything specifically that they, else they called out. Nothing really comes to mind. They, they did talk about it for a little bit, but I don't remember the, if they talked about anything else specific. Yeah. And hopefully we'll get some more information about that because like I'm really looking forward to the technical alpha and beta for Diablo 2 because I mean I still have the Diablo skull shard with the USB stick uh with Diablo in two installed on it sitting on my desk. The one that came with the Diablo 3 collector's edition <laughs> because I love that game. I really do. Um so yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, our next question. Hi, guys. Not for the Lore Watch podcast. Matt, you're welcome. 
<laughs> I was wondering, what do you think is the rate of Anima Blizzard in intends us to collect per week? Just curious what would be the expected average. Also, what are the opinions to gear up for a mostly solo player like myself? I don't do mythic dungeons or raids, just basically LFR, Torghast, World Quests, etc. Currently wearing 197 Covenant gear set, a... 235 Legendary, and some other assorted gear. I simply cannot seem to get any gear above 194 from any of the sources. I'm starting to get bored with the grind without any gear power advancements. Thanks, Luluna. Well, I mean, to start off with, I think right now they intend you to gather at least a thousand. Yeah, like, at least they're trying to, be... to entice you to it, right? Yeah, but I don't know that Anima Collection will remain the same as we go through patches. I would not be surprised if in patch 9.1 the anima balance changes drastically because we're going to get a whole new quest hub. And as a result, you know, we might have access to more anima. So they might. Someone's pointed out that if you really were trying to be a completionist with the things you could get from anima, if you were trying to get all of it and boost everything, it would literally take you with like, like a thousand weeks. Yeah. Like it's, it's not feasible at current levels. So it's quite possible that as the, the expansion progresses, um, the amount of animal we get will expand so that we can do things faster or better. I'm not sure. I don't know. Yeah. Right now, right now I'd argue for a thousand is what they're intending. Yeah. And I, and that was one of the things that I think they were, they were pretty open about from the very beginning when it came to uh, this expansion, like they flat out said multiple times, Hey, this isn't going to be like artifact power or some of the other ones where like you just grind it endlessly to begin with. Uh, I think their intention was that around that thousand, maybe a little bit more per week, uh, to like drop in, drop out and not make you feel like you had to constantly grind. Uh, but I know that there's like looking at how things are priced, it definitely seems like there's going to have to be a shift at some point. Like we're going to get to that point, maybe next patch or whatever, where we see an increase in it would be my guess because quote unquote, and I'm air quoting here with my fingers, folks, uh, the drought is over or at least stemmed. So animal becomes a little more freely available. They've already done some things to help improve that. Like, raids drop more now so but i know this person in this particular case is saying that they're not raiding um which is the second part of that question which is gearing up for a solo player if you want to get gear you have a certain point as a solo player i'm gonna just be up front with you the only real viable way is to pvp yeah and even then the pvp is completely solo which means you don't do a ton of you know, it's assuming you're not doing any rated battlegrounds or arenas because that's not solo um the come out of conquest you can get is extremely limited, which means that you'll be able to maybe like after a few weeks, you'll be able to get one piece of conquest gear and then slow the process of upgrading. It's going to be slow. Yep. But that's pretty much it. Like you're talking, you're at 197 to what, like you've got your 235 legendary. Uh, everything else is like at 197 or so. And, you know, in terms of what world quests will drop for you, you've hit the top end of what world quests will drop. They don't go above 194. Yep. Um, you can get like a 203 to a 207 piece from the uh, the emissary things. They're not emissaries anymore, but the callings. When you get one of the purple bags from a calling, it has a chance to drop an item that's like a 207. I've got one piece on on my main from of that's 207 from a calling. That can happen, but it's extremely rare. So that's basically it. You are at close to the top. Yeah, completely solo player. There just isn't much else for you. Now, keep in mind, nine point one is coming. 
and 9.1 will likely have new sources of gear for you. Uh, but in terms of right now, as things stand right now, you are at pretty close to the top in terms of power for a completely solo player because they don't intend solo players to, to, to get uh, like two raid levels. Like, like you're at normal raid gear. You're pretty close to it. I mean, rate normal raid gear is item level 200. You're at, or you're, you're like within three item levels of it for your uh, set, for your various set pieces. Your non set pieces are six item levels away from it. That's about where they intend you to be. Yeah. I mean, not to take too much of a sidetrack here, but like this is a, this is kind of a sore spot for me because even as we talk about this a lot, and, and I'm curious how you folks at home feel about this as well. Because I see some rumblings here and there on Twitter and some disgruntled uh, messages in the forums and stuff like that. But I'm, I'm curious how you feel as far as players and your various aspects, how gear is going for you. Because me personally, I feel like we're – it's not just an anima drought we're in. I feel like there's a, a lot of uh, gear caps that you hit very, very quickly uh, in, this, in the current content, in the current patch that just feel – I, I feel like you hit them quicker than you have in most of the other uh, previous patches or expansions, at least at a, a level one. Um, and I was commenting about this in Guild, uh, I want to say a couple weeks ago. Liz is in chat. She can keep me honest. So is Molly. Um, I think it was last week, Wednesday, I was saying something about it where like it feels like we hit that point where it's like, okay, you're done until the next the next content patch where we adjust things way quicker than we did even in battle for Azeroth. Like, I don't remember feeling like this, this quickly in Aldir at all. So it's, it's weird because I think, I think something's just off. Um, and as far as like solo players go, I feel like they got a shorter end of the stick this time around when it came to, to gearing options, because the covenant stuff doesn't drop gear like the old school emissaries did. Um, not nearly as often. It does now ish, but it definitely didn't for a long time. Uh, World Quest really, I'm not seeing a whole lot of useful things. Um, there's things that will pop up that, yes, it's gear, but maybe it's not the right gear. Like, I see a lot of like versatility haste gear pop up, and that's not what I'm looking for. I need that crit. Um, so like some of that feels like the gear might be there, but like you just, it's just not for you. Uh, and then even raid gear feels light, right? So even if like Luna, even if you were in a raid group or a pug group that was doing this stuff to try to find gear, like I think you, you hit your cap. Like I think you're, you're right around the, I think it was right around that point when I started feeling the, there's not much else for me to do quite yet, even with raiding. Right. And I think weapons are a part of that. I think uh, trinkets are a big part of that. Like the trinket stuff has been fixed a little bit, but I think that feeds into it. But yeah, so I think unfortunately you're kind of at that point where unless you start PVPing, there's really not a whole lot you can do. Even if you start pug raiding, you're just about where that that cap's going to lead off. So I'm hoping that they they make some adjustments. I'm, I'm actually holding out hope that they're looking at this and looking at how players feel and seeing if they can adjust it and how gear is delivered. And we've seen that they've done that in the past, right? Like in Battle for Azeroth, when we had new content or new tier levels, there were things that were put in place to help uh, throughout that expansion get more gear. Like uh, Bethic gear is a really good example of like, 
it may not have been the best gear, but it was an avenue to upgrade, right? It was an avenue to still have something to look forward to. So, I don't know. We'll see. Anything else to add to that one? Uh, I will just add that um, one of the things, by tying the the quality of gear to your renown with your your uh, covenant, it means that for a lot of the time, like your, until you get your renown up, your world quest gear was inferior just because you didn't have your renown up high enough yet. Mm-hmm. That double whammy of your, you know, the gear that you drop gets to a certain item level based both on the gear you already have and on your faction meant that it was much slower than the way gearing worked in, in Battle for Azeroth. And keep in mind that the reason gearing was working in Shadowlands the way it is is because people complained that it was too easy to get gear in Battle for Azeroth. And this is something that happens throughout the, the run of World of Warcraft, and it's I haven't talked about it in a long time, but it's this. The greatest enemy to players having fun in World of Warcraft is always going to be other players in World of Warcraft. Yeah. Yep. yep because yep, yep. they will complain about anything. There will always be some reason why some system is bad. You could be in the middle of enjoying the heck out of the system, and somebody else will hate it, and it will be the bane of their existence. And it's always going to end up with a pendulum swing in the other direction that's going to kick you right in the teeth. So... If you're wondering who to blame, it's other players. Yeah, it's the, you know, and it's always going to be that way. Um, I don't, I don't have a solution to it. I've been playing World of Warcraft since 2004, uh, so you know, my World of Warcraft experience is now in high school, and it's surly, and it doesn't come home at night, and it won't tell me what it's doing. Uh, so yeah, I, I, all I can say is, I, I hope that 9.1 brings you more avenues. Uh, I hope that more stuff comes along, so you don't feel. I, no one likes feeling bored. I got you on that one. So, yeah. All right. Well, our next question comes from Vertigree, uh, our undead Maldraxi mage friend. Uh, with many bosses being generally large things walking around, should could rogues, as easiest class example, just have the ability to climb up any boss, hold on tight, and merely stab away? I think generally more verticality without swimming could be fun and make melee a little less impossibly crowded. That's a really tricky question because now you're starting to get into accessibility territory. Right. Well, also, I'm going to say before you get on the accessibility thing, which I'm sure is very important, like I'm serious, I want you to talk about it. I'm just going to say this. As somebody who's never played a rogue, I'll be ble- I'll be bleeped if you guys get to have fun. We hate you. <laughs> Everybody hates rogues. Just, uh, just accept it. We all hate I don't, you. I don't hate rogues. I just never no see one, them. Nobody ever plays not, them. You're not melee. Uh, no. It's no, no fun for you. See, see what I said before about other players being the enemy of fun? Here I am being the enemy of your fun. Because it wouldn't be fun for me to get to watch you do that. It's like, it's bad enough that druids can do everything all the time. Ah, no, no. I'm drawing the line here. Rogues climbing up the back of the... We're not turning the game into Shadow of the Colossus just for rogues. If if you're it, climbing on them, everybody should. Get I, I feel like I should interrupt you and point out that Vertigree wasn't calling it out just for rogues, just using rogues as an example. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> we we woke a sleeping giant, folks. <laughs> but in all sincerity, I think Joe's point of accessibility, which he's about to make, is pretty valid, just from a personal perspective. So go for it. Yeah. So like this is this is one of those things that I think a lot of people don't really think of is that accessibility becomes an issue with things like verticality. Um, depth perception is hard in these games. It's hard to nail properly and present in a way that most players can interact with. Uh, and whether that's because you have astigmatism or something else that means that you can't really judge it, uh, that becomes 
problematic. Then you have things like jumping puzzles. There's a very limited number of them in the game right now. There is a reason there is a very limited number of them in game right now. And it's because there is a section, a non-trivial number of people who have difficulty doing it. Um, like one of the reasons that I think, and I'll, I'll call out Guild Wars 2 for this. I love Guild Wars 2 as a game. I think that its art style is very, very pretty. I think that it is. it made a lot of sense for gameplay-wise with what it did. But one of my biggest gripes with it was also one of my the things that I love the most about it. Two sides of that same coin. It was jumping puzzles. They were everywhere. And in order to get to certain places, and in fact, in order to complete certain dungeons in that game, you had to be good at jumping puzzles. You could not cheat them. You could not have people uh, help you get through them. And in fact, they were set up in such a way that other players in your group could cause you to fail. Now, let's transport that to WoW. Those players would likely stop playing if that became a thing. If that became the way these melee classes worked, that would potentially alienate that large player base. There's a reason why verticality bosses that have existed in this game use the swimming mechanic. The swimming mechanic is easy as far as players to grasp. I push one button, I go up. I push one button, I go down, and everything else is roughly the same. That's an easy thing to grasp and doesn't require you to have crackerjack reflexes uh, like Jack Burton. Uh, it doesn't require you to have the exact visual depth acuity to do this and still have some of those fun verticality bosses. We just had one in Battle for Azeroth, at least one, uh, when we started talking about little the giant anglerfish, right? There was a lot of verticality in that, but it was a swimming fight and it made sense. And I don't remember hearing people complain about not being able to do it because of the verticality. The other thing to also keep in mind, too, is beyond accessibility, this game has traditionally not dealt with the Z-axis very well. And I will, this is a hill I will die on. I remember points of this game where it wouldn't register the Z-axis at all. And if you were off the ground, it wouldn't register you in any other motion because the Z-axis then overrode X and Y, uh, so forward, uh, the horizontal and lateral movement, uh, to the point where you would still count as in the ground or in effects until you landed somewhere else and the game could re reposition you. I think that's gotten better. It's been a while since I've paid attention to it, but traditionally, non-swimming verticality has not been handled well in this game. That's not to say that this is not something they could maybe experiment with a little bit or see if there's a way that they could expand that out. But I think that the way that the way to do that, that's safe. I don't know the way to do that. That's safe. And I have a feeling that it might not be worth the development time on their end to figure that out because you need to make sure that it's something everybody can do, especially with boss fights. And Anybody who has a disability that raids, I see you. Uh, you, If you overcome your disability and, and do those fights, fantastic. I, I'm here for it. If you enjoy doing that, I'm here for it. I don't want to see things added to this game that potentially takes that away from them. And I think that's a big factor here. So, at least in my opinion. <laughs> so Yeah, I do think that, you know, my, you know, bitterness aside, um, if you start developing fights where you have to have people traveling up and down a giant boss to, to do damage to it. I do think you're going to see a lot of people. I had problems when my disability was coming up and I was realizing I was losing my eyesight. 
uh, it was when we were in Mists of Pandaria. We were doing the what was not yet Mythic, because Mythic didn't exist yet, but the highest difficulty of Siege of Orgrimmar. And there's a there's a fight where you basically it's the Norushen fight where he, he you know he has he has you prove that you can be trusted to go in and fight the Shah of Pride by doing another fight just beforehand the way the way bosses do. And as a tank, I had to go downstairs into another room and fight these mobs. And it was almost impossible for me to see them. Mm-hmm. And he had to stand in something. And do, I just remember the fight being astonishingly frustrating for me. And it made me quit tanking. I mean, we have a lot of it even now. Like, there's a lot of stuff in Nathria that it's hard for players to visualize and see. Like, it it's not just not just not to take away from your your eyesight problem or anything like that. But like, even folks without it have difficulty with some of that as well. Like, I don't know. Like, it's one of those things where I I would welcome new mechanics. As long as it doesn't alienate or take something away from somebody. So, sorry about that, Matt. I didn't mean to cut you off there. <laughs> no, sir. It's fine. I uh, think we can move on to our next one then from uh, Falrin, sure. uh, which is a question for the podcast. Paladins, necromancers, or a close variation of either are, for I think obvious reasons, the top contenders for the fifth Diablo 4 class. But what if both are correct, and in fact we are getting a Diablo take on the Death Knight class? How would that class work in the Diablo setting? Could it have a different name? Would they be paladins who lost their faith and turned to necromancy as a better means to protect Sanctuary? Or could they have a different origin that's not so mostly just Warcraft DKs grafted onto the Diablo setting? I mean, one hopes they have a better origin than that, because that would be weird. Um... I mean, obviously they could do it. They've got necromancy established. You could very easily just say that an order of necromancers decided that, for whatever reason, the uh, priests of, of Rathma weren't doing the job of maintaining the balance properly. Mm-hmm. You know, you could very easily justify that. You know, some necromancers. Heck, if you really wanted to, you could say, well, the 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 PC necromancer, the Nephilim necromancer from Diablo three, created a trend amongst necromancers to want to get more involved in the world as part of their whole keeping balance thing and that they don't trust what's going on with necromancers now, especially if that is Rathma who's, who's helping ne- Lilith come back. They might've decided, turns out that we can't trust Rathma, uh, but we're going to take what we learned and use it to defend sanctuary our way. And they start picking up really big swords. I mean, that's certainly one possibility you could, you could go in a lot of different ways with it. Um, I don't know that they're going to do that just because it is not something te- technically speaking necromancy in diablo has been pretty heavily restricted to this one group and it's one flavor so i don't know that they're going to do that they certainly could decide to if there, that's what they wanted to do there is the other option we talked about this on on lore watch though and i thought you made a very good point over there and if you haven't if folks at home if you haven't listened to it yet highly recommended uh we talked about we've been going through the diablo lore for the each of the classes and uh, we got into talking about Crusaders and Paladins last uh, last Sunday uh, or last recording at this point. Two days ago. Two days ago for us. Time time is weird, folks. It's wibbly wobbly. Um, but you made a really good point. Like Templars seem like a really good way to accomplish some of that same goal. And and I'll point this out. Like the Crusader had a lot of things like summoning spirits or or power from whatever it was to come and help fight, whether it was uh, spectral horses or other spectral crusaders or things like that. And that always struck me as almost slightly necromantic in a way. Like 
what if you applied that to the Templars or that became more of some of that, that core class with it? What if those Templars had something where they would, you know, drudge up the ancestors or drudge up the fallen Templars to, to fight at their side in that similar type of way? Uh, they would have sort of that same flavor. What potentially couldn't they where they're almost like a death knight in that way, except they're not actually raising corpses. They're just summoning spirits to do the same bidding, the same thing. Uh, and then you have the paladin effect. You have the the knight effect where they're still in armor. They're still swinging weapons. That would be really cool. Or maybe give them a black magic bar or something uh, or call it something else than black magic. But like they could do some interesting things potentially with that class to maybe accomplish something similar to a death knight. Honestly, I'm waiting for the cowards to have the courage to bring back the witch doctor as a as a knight figure, the witch knight. You know, you show up in big Eldritch knight armor. Eldritch no. knight. Nope, witch knight. You show up in big plate armor and start raining frogs down on people. Go for it. Be nuts. Just take everything about the witch doctor that you know. I feel really bad for the witch doctor as a class in that it feels like it is the Diablo class that got the least love. Um, to the point where they, they developed necromancers for Diablo 3, who immediately came in, kicked over the table, took the, the witch doctor's lunch, and ate it right in front of the witch doctor mm-hmm. while he mm-hmm. was still trying to get up from getting his table kicked over. Um, and I get why. I get why the necromancer felt more... Um, you know, If you played Diablo 2, the, the necromancer had that whole thing going on, and you, it definitely felt more Diablo than the witch doctor, which is very much a hodgepodge class of weird stuff. Um, but I, I definitely also feel it would be kind of interesting to see. The thing is, if we're going to get uh, an order of, of quote-unquote holy warriors in Diablo 4, there does need to be something. I don't think it necessarily needs to be like Death Knights again or anything like that. Because quite frankly, I do feel like that's not a particularly Diablo-y concept. Um, and I would prefer anything like that would basically be a necromancer, ultimately. It's just a necromancer in, in heavier armor when you come right down to it. But I do think it would be interesting if we got a variant of paladins that that dealt more with what's been going on in Sanctuary for the past, at this point, 30 years. Diablo 2 is, I think, at the point of we get to Diablo 4, we're talking like 30, 35 years ago. And the world has just been getting steadily worse ever since. Diablo 2 is a tipping point where the Sanctuary has just been getting worse and worse ever since. It hasn't gotten better yet. And that's kind of the point of Diablo. Things just keep getting worse. But... You have to reach a certain point narratively in the structure of this thing where somebody, you know, you're a hero now. You, you go forth to, to challenge the darkness and fight it. So some variant of Paladin that does more of that, whether it be like the Crusader or the Templar or, you know, this new Death Knighty fighter, that could be interesting. Honestly, kind of feel like you, you could have a class that has talent choices that make it the classic Paladin or make it more like a crusader, or make it more like a templar, or make it like you know death obsessed. That'd be kind of fun. But I have no idea what they're going to do in in Diablo Four. This is all just us speculating. Internally, they probably already have the class done. Yeah, likely. Yeah, you know? at least by done, I don't mean done. But like design, already- like the concepts. They have it storyboarded, or or at least what they yeah. like a roadmap for it. Yeah, they know what they're going to do, and they've probably done a significant amount of the work on it already. Uh, so this is all cool and i'd lo- i i do think that you're right in that it would be you could be very interesting to have a, a kind of necro paladin could be pretty interesting but i don't know what they're going to end up with yeah 
Uh, next question. So why do we find ourselves in such deep life and death stake stories every expansion? We used to maybe have to deal with a single dragon or elemental lord. Now we're breaching the bounds of death itself. What's next? Is WoW just doomed to keep getting bigger and should it? That is actually a really good question. <laughs> uh, we talk about this a lot, too, with like D&D stuff and we have in the past. Like, There's a certain element from power creep i guess would be the best way to put it think about it in terms of who we are as like characters in the game universe there's a certain amount of sense that 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 is made with the stakes getting bigger and bigger i mean we used to have to go and get a large almost army of folks of heroes uh more powerful than a standard soldier to go and deal with threats and that's like the 40 man raids of vanilla wow right uh, then we weren't in need of so many. And now, again, not in need of so many where we are that powerful. We've stood toe-to-toe with Titans. We've stood toe-to-toe with Dragon Aspects and, uh, at this point now, Deities. There is a certain element of the long-forgotten days of helping farmers clear out Quillbore, even though we still do that in certain certain aspects. Uh but I guess that is a really good question of should it keep getting bigger? Should it keep always being life and death? And I think you and I talked about this, oh, God, months ago on the Lore Watch podcast. I'd love to see an expansion or a time where that's not the case, where maybe it's about exploration instead, where we know that Azeroth is a larger planet than we've than we can possibly see right now. We know that the, the globes are not accurate, that there might be more out there that we haven't experienced yet. And in fact, like the the they've already hinted at maybe there's more out there to discover. Why not have an expansion about that where it's not life and death, where it's about learning more about the world, where it's about exploring more of Azeroth? I could very easily see something like that happen. You could have plenty of conflict. You could wake up old gods and, you know, sleeping entities and interact with things that are on the level of Loa that don't want us to be in these distant lands or or whatever the case is. You can have plenty of conflict. That's not 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 a problem. But maybe something that doesn't feel like, oh, if we don't do this, everything is going to explode and everybody's going to die or whatever. Maybe there's maybe there is time or a case to walk back from that. What do you think? I'm not sure what you're asking me when I think like, do I think that's a good idea? Is that what you're asking? Well, do I mean, I guess, do you think it's gotten to I mean, life I'm and death? I mean, argued this in the yeah. first place that we should have a vacation. So I don't on the one hand, I don't necessarily feel like it's gotten too big everyone keeps doing that like i keep seeing i've seen a few posts i see a post on our site um by andrew about that yeah red actually commented in chat that it was from his yeah (laughs) and i don't agree with it i think it is a bad take um so red straight up bad idea i don't agree with you um but you'll get used to it i used to do this with adam all the time Um, (laughs) and me all the time too still Uh, (laughs) I, I, i don't i just don't I don't have that problem. I don't, this is to me, to a certain degree, I feel like if I want to go back to the way things used to be, I have options to do that. I can level a new character. I can play wow. Classic. I don't feel like world of Warcraft should, should be like worried that it's storytelling has gotten too big or too cosmic. That being said, it doesn't always have to be like, you don't want a symphony to just be continuously ascending notes. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You don't want music to just be like getting faster and faster and faster and faster and faster and faster until you get to the end. That's not music. That's a chase. That's like, you know, the monster is behind you in a movie. music. No, that, yeah. yeah. That's, that's, not, that's not a music. That's a meme at that point. But yeah. Yeah. 
it's I would be okay with with there being storylines, expansions, what have you, that that were just about you know, hey, let's go explore some stuff. Let's go see what's going on over here. What you know, that isn't like the world is under you know continuous threat of the world hasn't been hasn't stopped being under continuous threat of destruction since Wrath of the Lich King. Yeah, every expansion, you know, something is going to wipe us all out if we don't act now. It just gets to the point where it's like, could we have one expansion where nothing is raining from the sky, no de- no hordes are anywhere, nothing, just, can I have five minutes on it? Like, I just need to take a nap, guys. I need to take a nap. This is this is too much. Cadgar got to, got to F off and take a nap, like, you know, since the end of Legion. Why don't I get to take a nap, <laughs> you know? It, it, I, so at the same simultaneously, I am not worried that WoW is getting too big. I'm not worried that the scope is too big or that my character is too important to do central to the narrative. The, that's not an issue for me. I'm not one of those people who like misses the quieter, smaller stories. But at the same time, I do kind of understand where that mentality comes from because you know, eventually, in order for the for the big epic moments to matter, there has to be something to contrast them with. Mm-hmm. And we have been having this continuous drunken reeling towards disaster since Wrath of the Lich King. Yeah, there hasn't been a lot of like I hate, I hate to say like feet on the ground moments, but there's there hasn't really been any in a long, long time. I mean, if you look at Warlords of Draenor, at least that was some other world was going to get itself destroyed. Um, but but it ultimately ended up being bad for us too. And it, it just keeps coming back to this feeling of. Couldn't we have an expansion where we just show up someplace and see what happens? I mean, if you think about the original game, the the original character experience you had as a player, it was very much, I'm going to go over there and see what's going on. And then you'd see what was going on and you'd do all this stuff and then you'd move on to the next place and see what was going on. And that's always the interesting contrast between leveling and endgame in World of Warcraft is you always go from, hey, let's see what's going on over there and it's it feels almost episodic. It almost feels like you know on this episode of you know my paladin, you you go to this place and find out oh hey there's there's plague here and there's there's weird monsters over there. yeah okay, and then when you get to like your max level, suddenly everything is about big threat in this place. Whether in and expansions really have this problem. Expansions have almost you know there's never been an expansion where there wasn't a single unifying big bad at the end. The closest we got to that was Battle for Azeroth because it switched gears. Yeah. But Azoth was really there the whole time. We just didn't know about it right away. So there has yet to be an expansion where you just, you know, you get to max level and there's more exploring to do and there's more adventures to have. And none of it is, at the end of it, you're not, the world's not going to blow up. Like, you know, it would occasionally be nice if the end of the expansion didn't feel like, okay, I wish I didn't know this. Mm -hmm. Now I have Mm -hmm. to stop the world from blowing up again. So yeah, I, I I'm of two minds about it, but I generally feel like we could definitely use that vacation expansion. Yeah, I, I definitely would be down for that. I would not be upset if that happened, but yeah. Uh, our next question, and I th- this might wind up be the only one we have time for. We'll see if we can get through the last two here. Uh, is from Vulcan. Do we really get a free fifty-eight boost when TBC launches, or is it a Mandela effect? Because I can't be the only one that remembers that. But the sentence once one paid boost per account makes me think I'm wrong. I'm pretty sure that it was kind of the group assuming that it was free. I think we remember talking about this in uh, uh, work chat when uh, they announced the Burning Crusade, but I'm pretty sure it's one paid boost per account. They never said anything about a free boost. Am I wrong? Uh, as far as I know, the way it was stated, 
uh, you'll get a boost to 58 if you start on a on a burning crusade classic uh, server so here we are explain you know establishing that we don't actually know for sure because i don't have the thing in front of me <laughs> uh if you in chat know please by all means yell it out because i don't remember hearing anything about a free one and again that could be me just misremembering because there was a lot of stuff going on during blizzcon so uh but yeah we'll come back to that if anybody in chat pipes up but yeah no idea otherwise uh, and then our last question is from Riptides. Question for Cute War Blizzard Watch Podcast. With the new player level experience being a great trainer for new players, it feels like dumping them into BFA right after is a mistake. I got my brother to try playing and things were going well. I had to explain a ton of stuff to him, though, until we queued for the first dungeon available at level 10, Freehold. Uh, mechanically, this was a big spike in complexity and was very frustrating for him and some of the other new players in our group. Do you think WoW should have an entire level of experience dedicated to new players to get them to 50? What might that look like in Riptides? I don't know. I I don't know. I mean, do you have any thoughts on this one, Matt? Yes, but unfortunately you distracted me with that other thing, so I was looking at that. So, um, hmm. <laughs> do, 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 do. Honestly, I don't know that I think it's an... The thing about that is the new player leveling experience going straight to BFA, I did it once, uh, but I do think that you're right that the BFA dungeons are they're at the tail end of Bur of World of Warcraft design. They're the second most recent expansion. Um, there is and Freehold. I'll, I'll be upfront. I hate Freehold. There is too much crap happening on a pole in Freehold. There are too many weird abilities. There's too much stuff where if you stand in a circle, you'll get annihilated. Just no. Like, that is not something I'd want to put a new player into. It is not designed for new players. So he's got a point. Absolutely, you got a point that that's dungeon-wise. Any Battle for Azeroth dungeon is going to be a shock to the system if your previous dungeon experience is the training wheels dungeon at the end of the of the new leveling experience, which, which is not a bad experience. It's just not a complete one. If you're going no. straight into battle for Azeroth. No, it, it's, you know, you go from here is a bare bones sketched out dungeon where the other people don't really mess up and you don't have to think about it to here is one of the more complicated mechanical experiences you're going to have. And it's with real people who can do all sorts of things you don't understand or expect. No, uh, and freehold is just layout wise. Yeah. It's just it is a mess. It is a hot mess, guys. It's easy um, to get lost. There's a lot of random mechanics to to pay attention yeah. to. There's a I mean, lot freehold, of trash that could kill you. Yeah, absolutely. It is the trash is made way worse in freehold than any of the bosses. Mm -hmm. uh, and there are places where you will literally be running into so many trash bags because it's similar to my least favorite dungeon from Warlords. I want to say Evergreen, but Evergrove. Is that what it's called? Evergrove? Yeah, Everbloom. Everbloom, yeah. In that it's a big open space, and there's multiple paths you could take, but they're all wrong. And if you tr if you try and get the tricky and skip trash bowls, half the time you're gonna end up getting free trash bowls. Uh there's just you're you're right in that it is a big spike in complexity. I don't know that you'd really be better off like if you made it so that you could run if you could do the opening thing and then just run the original dungeons, I don't know if it'd be that much better because I remember Zulfarak. To this day, Zulfarak is just awful for much of the same reasons. Have you ever done Zulfarak? 
Yep. You remember doing Zulfarok? Zulfarok wasn't fun. No, not a, not until you understood what was going on. Yeah, and that's your problem here is you got somebody who doesn't understand what's going on, yep. and it's not their fault. They're they're a new player. Yep. Uh, I do think that this is one of the weird things about what they've done here. I I do love that that new that one to ten leveling experience is really nice. I think it's it is, very good. Yeah, but it is absolutely gentle and. The way they've done the World of Warcraft, like everything else from, from 10 to 50 is thrown in the hopper. And you get you get stuff from like back in the day when like, you know, people had no idea to now when people have all the idea. So you are expected to have all the idea. And it's it's a total I'm just glad people can't get the original version of Sunken Temple. <laughs> oh yeah imagine, oh. can you imagine oh. putting some poor new player through level 10 sunken temple i mean it's better <laughs> now at least there's guides that they could look up online but like i remember the very first time trying to figure out what the heck was going on in sunken temple and i had no idea my my significant other is literally just said oh god under her breath as i said yeah. <laughs> sunken temple man or imagine like if imagine you're a level 10 and you decide, all right, well, we're going to do the Burning Crusade because that's the old, the oldest current content in the game. We're going to do that because it'll probably be the most mechanically simple. And you got Steam Vaults for your first dungeon. Steam Vaults is just a nightmare of trash pulling. There's that whole room you have to like skate around the edge, and there's trash everywhere, and you can easily get five pulls. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just I don't know the answer to this. I don't I, I don't have a, a big well. In order to solve this, they should do X. No, I, the problem is is that you're trying to take like nearly two decades of gameplay of various design philosophies and cram it all into like one thing that you can play like 10 to 50 in any way you'd like to. I don't know that any of those expansions would be better than BFA. I do definitely get why you're saying freehold is a problem though. Absolutely. I don't, I don't disagree, but would um, the mother load be better for a new player? Um, I don't think so. No, I think, I think that would have as much death and, and frustration. I think a lot of the dungeons from the last three expansions would be like, oh my God, are you kidding me? Like I literally, I'm level 10 and you want me to run this. Yeah. And like, I don't know if there's a good answer, right? Like I'm thinking about it and sort of short of creating a whole new experience to bridge that gap. I don't know if there's an easy way just because of how, how mechanically mature the game has become over the course of the 16 plus years of existence at this point, because we've come a long way. We are at the point now where explaining raid fights to people, we explain them by means of other raid fights. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, and absolutely. If you, think, if you think about this in terms of contextuality, what it means is that we've built up a language and a vocabulary about you know the, the gameplay experience of World of Warcraft that one can only relate to by using other World of Warcraft experiences to explain it or other games. Yeah. Like, I mean, when you're like, I remember playing uh, when I played Guild Wars 2, a lot of the Guild Wars 2 stuff was explained to me by means of EverQuest. I'm sitting there going, I didn't play EverQuest. You can't you can't give me EverQuest to explain this. World of Warcraft has become that for itself, where you're actually explaining World of Warcraft to someone by means of older World of Warcraft, which they didn't play. Uh, so, yeah, I, I don't... I You are right. It, it is a problem. I don't know how to fix it. Yeah, and I, and I don't know that there's an elegant answer. That said, I do think it is a problem that would warrant some time should it should it be possible to give attention to it. So, like, maybe Blizzard will address that at some point. Otherwise, it might wind up being a case where, unfortunately, that gap remains and it just winds up being a, 
I hate to say a Band-Aid ripoff moment, but that's almost kind of what it feels like. It's it's almost like getting thrown into the deep end immediately and seeing if you can swim, kid. So, but yeah, yeah there's, I, also, there's also a point to be made here that whilst it may not be the ideal solution, one solution is possibly not to run dungeons until you're closer to level thirty. I mean, you don't maybe you don't need to run a dungeon at level ten. Yeah, and I think uh, I think that would be an, an interesting compromise because like. They did that in the past. Like you didn't have access to certain dungeons. Because like, don't forget, back in ye olden days, there wasn't a raid finder or dungeon finder. You went to the place and found a meeting stone, and you had to be an appropriate level to survive in that zone long enough to get to that place. So that was sort of almost like baked in, right? So yeah, I maybe I don't know. I don't know. I think I think that's actually not a terrible idea. I think that's having sort of like maybe you limit when they can get into that first dungeon. Maybe not a bad idea. Maybe give them some time to learn the class and learn the game a little bit more mechanically beyond that that those ten levels. So, uh, but I think that's it. Unless there's anything else you want to add, good sir. Uh, only that the other thing we could possibly consider is the idea of training wheels for your character if you've never leveled a character before. And okay. that's something that we could talk about. Like where instance where you'd have more restrictions on dungeons you could run and stuff because you are this is literally your first time in WoW versus oh you've got three you've got thirteen, you know, level sixty characters. Go ahead and run it at level ten. I don't know. That's one idea. Just Yeah. Uh and as Red points out, uh Final Fantasy fourteen does exactly the uh, the opposite and throws you into uh, it makes you enter a dungeon as a uh, a small level tune, uh, but in a safe scenario with NPCs so that it teaches you sort of how things are going to go. Um, maybe they extend that because you're talking about the, the level 10 dungeon. Maybe they figure out a different way to make that a little more viable for the other ones, or maybe yeah. they, they generate a scenario that leverages it. Who knows? I got nothing otherwise. So, <laughs> uh, but Blizzard Watch is made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash Blizzard Watch. Your continued support means this podcast site and community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, a better chance at having your question answered on our podcast for the queue, and an ads-free site experience. Thank you, Joe. Uh, also, by the way, guys, since we didn't mention it during the podcast, this last weekend we did the most recent uh, episode of our D&D podcast, which Joe is DMing for us. Uh, I don't know if that's up on the site yet or it'll be going up this week, most likely. Uh, but that's that happened, and you should go listen to it. It was fun. We had a good time. Uh, we beat an evil clown god. Uh, <laughs> if you, you want to hear that, uh, if you want to just hear the, the various players' reactions to the evil cloud god, quite frankly, it's worth that right there. <laughs> um, but yeah, if you have a question for us here at the Blizzard Watch Podcast, please send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com, the subject line podcast or Blizzard Watch, so we know it's for the show, or hit us up on Discord on our uh, Patreon Q and Podcast Questions channel or our Q Questions channel, and we will look there for questions as well. Uh, Thank you guys so much for being here with us. This has been the Blizzard Watch Podcast, and we'll see you next week.